Welcome to People of Purpose. People of Purpose. People of Purpose. People of Purpose. People of Purpose is a podcast of inspiring people whose stories help you see things differently, live with intentionality, elevate the way you participate in the world, and take the necessary leaps in your life to seek and find your passions. Come with us and develop the courage to wholeheartedly pursue your purpose and unleash your truest potential. Hi, welcome back to People of Purpose. I'm your host, Tanner Badgley, and this week we will be wrapping up our conversation on helping Christians become deeply committed in their faith. If you didn't get a chance to listen to last week's episode, I highly encourage checking that out. Some of the things Tom and I covered are his death-defying accident and how it greatly impacted his faith. Tom also shared his journey to becoming a genuine Christian, what discipleship is and why it's important, and so much more. And in this episode, we will be covering building authentic and unique relationships through intentionality, Tom's process of becoming a writer and how it helped mold the way he is designed, and last but not least, how he defines success with purpose in mind. Well, let's dive in. Here's to becoming people of purpose. So I've noticed in our conversations that you have a lot of spiritual conversations happening in your daily, weekly life, and you have a lot of relationships built around spiritual conversations as like a main a main topic that gets discussed between people. I think this is very unique. Um, I don't know a lot of people that the majority of this, the people that they spend their time with are engaging in spiritual conversations at the, you know, how often you are, what do you, what do you work on, on a, on a daily and weekly basis? Um, what is your, what does your day kind of look like? Um, and how, how, why do you think your relationships are getting forged in, in a, this very unique way, um, that kind of separates you from most people? Uh, I'd say the intentionality of the conversation is because of the high value that I place on on people's souls. Mm-hmm. You know, they're they're your physical self, and then you're not physical self. I place a high value on that, and so that's why when I'm talking to somebody, as often as God will allow it, I find something to latch onto that they that they have mentioned in their conversation and bring it into the spiritual side of that. You know, they mention, hey. You know, I really ought to take better shape and care of my life. I'm kind of, I'm falling apart. Great. How are you falling apart? Awesome. Why are you falling apart? Hey, you know, here's some things that that might really help you not fall apart and bring into the spiritual side of that thing is whether it's life circumstances, physical fitness, relationships, there's always something that ties into what God wants to do in their life. And so when I can hear that something, I want to bring it into the conversation to give them time to think about that. Yeah. The habits in my life that feed that, as you were asking, is I spend an inordinate amount of time in my own relationship with God, specifically in, in reading his word and hearing what he has to say. So for the Christian, the Bible is the word of God. And we mean that in just the sense of like my text message to Tanner is my word to Tanner. Although much more important, the Bible, the text message gets the point across that this is me speaking to you. The Bible is God speaking to us through the stories, events, and happenings of other lives and people groups. I understand that's a crazy thing. And that's something that would need unpacked in a whole different 
discussion. But short version of it is we believe that that book is his communication to us. Right. So if I want to know what he's saying and what's important to him, I want to pay attention to what he's written. I want to pay attention to what he's had, you know, people write down. Okay. This seems to be important to him. I think I'll make that important to me too. That's one side of the conversation, right? The other side, a good conversation is going to be back and forth. And that's what prayer is. So as much as I spend time reading, I've also, by his grace, by his help, made praying a big part of my life. And that's us talking to God. So the Bible is God talking to us. Praying is us talking to God. Very, very simple. People will make that very complicated. It's just, it's that simple. So I just talk to God. Wake up, talk to God. Eat breakfast, talk to God. Have designated time in the middle of the day, catch up with God. Uh, Suddenly face a horrible life circumstance, talk to God. Suddenly face a great life circumstance, talk to God. Get ready for an interview, talk to God. And so from all this back and forth communication of reading what he's saying and talking to him about what's going on in my life, that breeds that intentionality that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really unique. Um, I've never, <laughs> I've never heard about the, the concept of a prayer wall. And then you showed me kind of yours. You want to talk about that a little bit? Um, the praying for others. Yeah, as you well? know, that that would be great. Am I allowed to move a little bit? I can even. Yeah, that's fine. Do a, I don't know. Let's try that. Let's try. Uh, Got to find the camera thing on Zoom. There you go. So Tom so is, is showing us his, uh, his video of his wall right now. If you're just listening to the audio only version of this, um, you can see it on. Yeah, I'll give some great captions. Yeah. So uh, to caption this then as uh, for the listeners, I've really got to do a better job of that. Tanner. I love listening to podcasts and I myself find him like a podcaster referencing something. And it's like, I can't see what you're referencing. Right. <laughs> anyway. So as Tanner was saying, he was asking about this prayer wall and the concept behind it. So I've got the camera facing on it and there's these several boards put together. There's tabs on this board. There's tabs for salvation. I and mean, you can ask any questions that you want in relation to this that you think would be helpful, Tanner. But you've got a tab for salvation for people, a tab for healing. And that encompasses physical, emotional, spiritual, relational, any kind of healing, a tab for provision. Uh, again, any type that's needed. A tab for repentance. That one's kind of covered up because provision is going over it, but you see it there. A tab for anything that doesn't fit in those other tabs. A tab specifically for people who are in faith that I'm in relationship with, my brothers and sisters in Christ. And then over here, this is the really important one. Well, they're all important, but this one's important for a different reason. This is called the answer prayer tab. And so here is where we move everything from this board over to here as God provides an answer. And that doesn't always mean yes. There's some here that the answer is no. But as God responds to the things that we're bringing up to him in conversation, we like to take note of that so that we can remember God's interaction in our own lives, not just in the Bible and with the people of the Bible, whether it's Israel or the New Testament believers, but in our own life, how has he responded back and forth to what we're doing? Wow. So his board has like a lot of colorful sticky notes. 
Um, and it's sectioned off, and then he moves the sticky note into the answer prayer section when that happens. Yeah, that's 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 amazing. I like how it really grounds you in like what you're praying about and who you're praying for, and it takes that self-centeredness, like you mentioned before, that we tend to just pray for our own things, our own needs, our own wants, when the emergency is in our life. Um, and you're being really intentional about praying for others and specific topics in others' life. Um, and I think that's, yeah, it's really beautiful. The, another, another component to you that I find really interesting is um, your self-expression. You're very good at expressing, um, expressing concepts, expressing truth in ways that are understandable. Um, and now you're becoming a writer. Uh, as well. Um, what's the process been like for you to become a writer? And what do you think about writing as a medium is so helpful for who, how you're designed? All right. I like that. Um, so for me, writing is extremely difficult. <laughs> like it's really difficult. I know uh, it may not seem that way on the outside, but it's, it's super hard. I, I actually failed out of uh, English. I got like a D minus on, on remedial English in high school. Uh, I, I never would write a paper. So writing is extremely difficult for me. But why I do it is because it allows me to teach, which is something I really love doing. I want to teach others what God is teaching me. So writing is a medium to do that. And because of the way that writing works and the value I place on the subject matter, it forces me to think through what I'm saying to a deeper level. Mm -hmm. uh, so it goes, all right, maybe here's a first draft and you're just like throwing words on the page. That's fine. That's great. First drafts need to be that way, or at least it's helpful for them to be that way. Now, how am I going to communicate the concepts that I'm trying to communicate here clearly? And that can take a lot of time. Uh, to give you a case in point, it took us three months to write the third book that we've been working on right now. And it's been about three months since that we've just been working on edit. Now, granted, we don't have like all day to do this. And so part of the reason is it, you know, we have to space it out. But it takes just about as long writing the, the stuff as it does to make sure that it's clearly communicated. So that's why I think it's helpful. Yeah. And then what have you chosen to write about so far in your books? Um, and what, what, why do you think that those... Those are the topics that you've chosen. Yeah. And I would love for us to be able to focus on that second book for a little bit in that conversation as well. I think that there's really a lot of opportunity to serve others in that. So I mentioned it earlier in the conversation, but the first book uh, I wrote as an extended letter to my friends who are atheists that don't believe in Jesus and think that science and reason proves that Jesus is just foolish to exist and believe in him, this, that, the other. Now, granted, that's a loose statement that's not the exact like set of ideas that they hold. It's just a big up here kind of thing. But I go, okay, let me answer that argument. So the first book is me writing a response to that pretty much. Hey, believing in Jesus does make sense logically. It makes sense emotionally. And here's why. Both of those things. Right. So that's the first book. Uh, the second book is the one that we've been really focused on and, and building every, the mission around is the No Fake Christians book. And uh, even from the title, it's just, it's not making friends, right? 
This is not a book to make friends. This is a book to help people grow, plain and simple. And every chapter in there, while it picks on someone or something, is with the intent of like a surgeon. It's going to hurt. But the point of the surgery is to help the person heal and grow and be better, right? Mm -hmm. So every chapter in there is aimed at one of those things. And there's a lot of areas in my own life that I have to go, can I write about this? This is really like, if I'm going to say this to others, am I living this out? The biggest one for me on that was actually uh, writing about community and the importance of community because I live both on a metaphorical and a physical island. I, am, I was not connected with community as much as I knew I needed to be. And so in writing that, God really convicted me, hey, you should write about this, but you need to do this one too. Because that one I wasn't doing a really good job of. And so since then, I've implemented practices in my own life to have community, to make sure that I am in community with other believers, even if I don't go to a traditional church building. All right. What are you doing to be in community with other believers? Actually, I've made it part of my uh, daily quiet time, my practice. Uh, so in the middle of the day, usually around lunch, sometimes before, sometimes after, I have an afternoon check-in with God. I just slow down, slow down from all the busyness, breathe. I pray. I have some specific practices around that that I do. I write God's word down. I like to copy scripture to help it get into my mind a little bit better. I read his word, and then I talk to other brothers and sisters. I make sure to send a message to at least one or two, but I try to send a message to more, uh, maybe three to five brothers and sisters. Uh, in that time so that I'm communicating back and forth and staying in community. That makes sense. That makes sense. Okay. Well, I wanted to kind of ask you some bigger like wisdom pieces on purpose as well. Um, unless there's anything more you want to share about your specific um, mediums or ventures related to purpose. Yeah. If there's anything else about, um, about the mission that we're doing or about the book that we've done mm -hmm. that you think would be helpful to the audience. I'd love to move into that whenever that's appropriate. Otherwise, I'm ready to move into the next thing. Okay, cool. Yeah, I want to end with kind of what the invite and kind of where how people can get plugged in and what the vision of it is. Um, but first, I want people to kind of see the, the wisdom that you do carry um, and how you answer some of these questions. So one thing that I think I'm curious about and lots of people are curious about, and I know you don't have all the answers figured out, is how do you think about um, purpose and money? What's your advice to someone who wants to commit to living this purposeful endeavor, say praying and organizing groups and reading the Bible and spending lots of time with God, but sees that their bank account needs, needs money. How do you, how do you think about reconciling kind of the, the urgencies around money with the, the eternal um, priority on, you know, on God? Oh man. So really simple. Purpose should always come above money. And that is with the disclaimer of it being like God's purpose, not just like your purpose to get more money going above money. Because let's be honest, sometimes we can do that. We can be like, this is the mission. Why is it the mission? Well, because of this. And then you keep pushing and it's really just because of some other small reason. Um, so like real purpose oh, would, would always be over. has to be. And Jesus addressed the same question that you're asking. He said, hey, 
you cannot serve both God and money. You can't serve them both. Mm-hmm. You can end up hating one, loving the other, serving one, distrusting the other. It's, it's not going to work out. Right? So what does that leave us to? Right? Well, following that same line of thought, why do most of us seek after money? Uh, because we are scared that we're not going to be able to get food, to pay for a rent, to, um, to buy the things that give us comfort. Yeah, I'd say that's, that's probably pretty general, right? That, that pretty human experience there. At the end of the day, and you're, you're much more frank and honest than I think many people would have been, it is because we fear that if we do not work really hard on this very specific thing to get this specific dollar amount, we will not have our basic necessities. Mm-hmm. And I mean like really basic necessities like food and clothing. Well, here's the thing. As a follower of Jesus, you don't need to be worried about that. You're not supposed to be worried about it. Hold up, disclaimer, this is not prosperity gospel. This is not, you follow Jesus and your life's going to be excellent. You're going to have money and and cars and, and live in a big house. No, no, no. That's, that's not what I'm talking about here. I'm talking about just not worrying about the thing. So following off of the same thing that I was talking about that Jesus spoke about, he said after that, hey, people worry about what they're going to wear. They worry about what they're going to eat. Check it out. God created the birds of the air, those things that fly all the time. And guess what? He provides their food. They don't worry about that. They just exist and do the thing that they've been designed to do. And he also created the flowers. They don't get up and go, man, I got to go to the store, the Walmart, to buy a, a new a new flower petal because, man, but I don't have the money to buy a new flower petal. But mm. no, they just, they're created and they're clothed. God designs that. God clothes them. And here's the kicker, Tanner. And this is the thing that I really want people to, to hear, especially people who don't already know this. God says that we are much more important than those birds and those flowers. And if he takes care of those birds and those flowers, you do not do something to earn that. They just exist and do what they're called to do. Then he'll take care of us. The only caveat is he wants us to put him first. Mm-hmm. That's it. He says, hey, you know, the birds of the air, uh, the flowers of the field, these are all taken care of. Look, just trust me and seek my will, and all this stuff will be taken care of too. Again, that doesn't mean that we'll have all of our wants. It doesn't mean that we'll live in big fancy mansions with tons of cars, and for some reason, sometimes women is prospered in there. I don't know. You know you've heard the prosperity gospels. It's just like it's all kinds of like, Cars, money, women. It sounds like a rapper to me. It doesn't really sound like a gospel uh, message to me, but that's not what he's talking about. He's saying, hey, your food, your clothing, it's going to be taken care of. It may not be a lot, but it will always be what you need. Just keep seeking me first. And that's what we've been learning in our own life. So going to get real, real with you right now, Tanner. We went into a large amount of debt uh, to, to do this book course that we're going into, right? Not something small. We also went into it knowing that we did not have a job. There was no incoming work to provide for that. Another one of these decisions that would, let's be honest, seem pretty stupid. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Sir, you're going into a large amount of debt voluntarily and you don't have a job. What are you doing? (laughs) Right? 
does not seem like the smartest. This goes back to what you and I were talking about on being in a communication with God and, and knowing his plan for us in the moment. I thought, okay, this is what God is saying. I think that I'm going to try to knock on this door and I'm going to see what happens. And God allowed that door to be open. He said, okay, you can go for this decision. And I thoroughly believe that's because he has a plan to use this. And you know what? Our bank account was at zero this morning. It's been hanging out at zero for the past month. It flirts with some numbers sometimes. It says, hey, you got a few pesos here or you got a few dollars there. But it, 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 it then leaves and goes back to zero. God provides though. This morning, we've been given provision. Yesterday, we were given a large amount of provision to help get rid of a lot of that debt. I could choose to live in fear. That'd be a very, very natural response to staying and hovering around zero. Because, hey, man, what are we going to eat? Hey, man, my kids need to eat. I've got two small children, you know? But I could also choose to go, okay, am I doing what God has called me to do with my life? All right. And if I am, then do I trust him that he will provide for necessities? And that's where we're at. That's where we live life is, hey, okay, I'm doing what God has called me to. I will trust him with necessities. And if we have wants, I'll ask him for the wants. doesn't mean he needs to give them, but I'll ask him anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. And then I'm curious what, what you determine success to be. How, how does your sense of purpose um, relate to success? How do you define success with your purpose in mind? Uh, simple. Doing the thing that he's called me to do. As long as I'm doing that, I'm being successful. So it's not necessarily about metrics. It's not like how many uh, souls got saved this month. One, I have no privy information for that. Uh, but two, that's not my job. Three, my job is to do the thing I've been called to do. How did I do it doing the thing I've been called to do? Did I, and I do this daily. This is, success for me is a daily thing, not necessarily a yearly, monthly, you know, I, I think that if I'm doing the daily thing, it's going to add up to a success in the lifetime thing, mm -hmm. right? So I work on focusing on the daily success and building towards the big mission, vision stuff after that. So did I love my wife well? Did I resolve relational conflict as they came up? Did I apologize to my daughter for being a jerk to her? Uh, did I honor God by taking care of my body? Did I honor the responsibilities that God has given me by doing the things, whether it's school or working on the book business or making time to talk to Tanner? Did, did I speak to Tanner the words that God wanted me to speak to Tanner? You know, these are the questions that I ask to determine success for me. Am I leading my family into trusting God more despite external circumstances being what they are? If, if the answer is yes to those things, then I'm succeeding. I'm succeeding at what God has called me to do. And at the end of the day, that's the best thing. You asked in one of your questions, I don't know if it was on the Evernote or, or what it was, but you asked in one of your questions, like, what is success to you? And so I think at the end of the day, for me, it's knowing that God says, good job. 
you did it. You did what I was asking. Nice. And so that's that's what success is. I love it. I love it. Well, um, let's talk about what you what you're doing. Um, you know, you you mentioned that there's a couple of things you'd like to offer the audience to plug into. You wanted to share a little bit more about your vision. Um, you kind of wrote to me kind of, uh, the legacy that you're, that you're intending on living. I'd like to talk about kind of all that stuff. Um, tell me about how, what you're working on is related to this bigger picture, um, you know, vision or goal. What is that? Um, and how can we kind of plug into that? All right. So what I'm working on currently, and we've talked about several things like it within the conversation is I just finished talking about the no fake Christian sin, right? Well, we've built a whole thing around that. We've built a course that people can take for free that's from Fake Faithful, and that's designed to teach people everything that's in the book, well, at least the core items of what's in the book, to help those who want to become mature in their faith or those who want to see and know what Christianity is about to do those things. So that, okay, I'm curious what it means to really be a Christian. Go here, I take this. Oh, I've learned and I have some practical applications. Great. That's one thing. I'm the other thing is obviously the book itself. And then the third thing is we are building a program which one of us on this call that is not myself has agreed to be a uh, guest instructor for. <laughs> Who's that? I don't know who that could be. And I, I don't know, man. Is, is, do you have a cat? Maybe it's a cat. Oh, my pug is going to be the guest instructor. Wow. (laughs) Wow. I wonder what we're going to learn. Anyway, we're doing the same thing that you and I do with our weekly discipleship for groups. We're going to have a group of 12 people. And so it really is like, if you are listening to this and you are all curious about it, I highly encourage you to either grab the fake faithful first or go directly to our discipleship intensive thing and check that out. But if for people who are curious about this, we're going to do... 12 weeks of helping them grow in their faith, helping them mature in their walk with Jesus. And so it's going to be very targeted. It's going to be very driven by what the needs of the group is. So there'll be an intake form. You get to talk about, you know, what are your top areas where you're wanting to grow in? What are your top areas you're struggling in? What are your top areas that you want to learn more about? Um, All these kinds of things. And we're going to build the course around that to really serve you and helping you to grow. And it's going to be really nice. We're going to have phone call or Zoom calls like this probably once, twice a week. Really encourage each other and really push each other to grow in depth. Those are the two things that I'm working on. And then for those who are just like wanting to, to just grow but aren't ready for something as, as deep of a commitment as that, we've also got a weekly discipleship update that we do. So we just uh, talk about something that God is helping us to grow through that week and help them grow with that as well. And is this available for people in America, people in Europe, people in Asia? Like, how are you creating accessibility around the time time zone? Getting up early. That's how I'm creating accessibility. I don't know. I'm, it's for people all over the world. As long as they can get into the program, we can work with, with each other. So like example, I'm in the Book Profits Accelerator that I talked about. You got people in that all over the world. You got some people where I'm at. You got some people in Europe. You got some people in America. The, the lead coaches in Australia, people are everywhere. How do we do that? How do we manage to have a call every week? We'll just have it really early. 
<laughs> so really early over here is you know, early evening over there. So it works out fine. Over here being the Philippines, over there being the States. So just a matter of finding in the most general time zone. Right. Well, awesome. That's super exciting, man. Yeah, I'm really exciting, excited to come on and be um, a guest, I guess, instructor. I, I feel like I need to be a disciple as well. Um, I did I did a program with you that was supposed to be 12 weeks, but it ended up being 30 meetings or something. I don't know. But like we, oh, we're still doing it, man. Yeah. <laughs> you and I still weed every week. Yeah. But we moved pretty slowly through the topics because it, – yeah, each, each each one had such a rich opportunity to um, see kind of how my uh, mindset was like, you know, not not correct, or that I needed to adopt a different habit, or that um, I needed to understand a concept more. Um, and you were really helpful at you are really helpful at helping me to to grasp that. Um, I don't know how you know so much about the Bible. It's you know, as much as or more than any lead pastor at a church, it seems like, um, <laughs> you know, a lot about the Bible. Um, so yeah, it's really helpful um, in my faith walk. I'm sure it'll be helpful in anyone that decides to join that discipleship intensive. Um, when are, when are you going to start? Um, is it kind of a rolling intensive? Like every 12 weeks you're starting a new group or how are you, how are you going to do that? So I'm thinking we're only going to probably do it twice a year for now, just because each one takes about three months to do. And then I want us to be able to reevaluate, see how we can improve it and get ready for the next one. So probably twice a year. Okay. We've got the first one coming up in April. I believe the current date is set for April 18th. I say current just in case any of the instructors need a little bit more wiggle room, but that's when we intend on starting that. So yeah. Cool. Awesome. Well, um, and tell me more about kind of the legacy that, that you want to live. You wrote here, like you want to leave a legacy to my children and their children and their children, and hopefully longer will continue to grow in their relationship with God. Um, tell me more about the, about the, the greater legacy that you're after here. Oh, I'm very excited to talk about that. Thank you for bringing that one up. So here's the thing. I am a firm, I'm becoming a firm believer that what I do can have an impact for generations to come. I would ideally like to see that. And the reason that, I, that I'm becoming a believer in that is because as I read scripture, I see how what one generation does impacts the next. And I see that there is potential for that to impact for the positive. Uh, I know this is going to be a little bit weird. I'm going to get into the weeds on some stuff. So I apologize for the people who are not intimately familiar with the story. Uh, I'll do my best to maybe reference that or we can talk about it in the show notes or something. But anyway, so in the Hebrew Bible or Old Testament, depending on what you want to call it, that's the first half of the modern Bibles that we have. That's the stuff that happened before Jesus, right? There is a story uh, about some people in the temple following a particular practice. So let's, let's set up the story. This is after Moses and after the kingdoms of Israel and during the times of the prophets Prophets are generally talking to the people of Israel, correcting them to get them back on course following God. Hey, man, you're not following God. You really need to be following God. This ain't going to work out if you don't. Mm -hmm. Generalized, very generalized, but there's that. There's this group of people who are not necessarily Israelites who are working in the temple doing some stuff. Prophet goes to talk to them. It's like, hey, 
I noticed you don't drink. Why do you not drink? People say, well, because our great, great, whatever ancestor said, hey, don't drink, live in tents. This is, this is what you guys are supposed to do. I want you guys to follow that. And here it is generations and generations later, and they still not drinking her. And they're going to they just live in tents. And so the prophet's like, hey, Israel, these people that aren't you are following the commands of their ancestors. They're doing the thing that they said they were supposed to do. Why can't you follow God's commands? And the principle that I take from that for me in this particular context of what we're talking about is I want to set up a way of life and priorities in living that are then passed down to my children, mm -hmm. that are then passed down to their children. So that if prophet XYZ were to come over to my house several hundred years from now, hey, why do you guys live this way? Well, because our great, great, great grandfathers, you know, said this, and this is the way he lived. And he made this an example. So I want to leave that kind of an impact. Mm -hmm. And that's why I take my faith and my disciplines so necessary. You know, it's like we talked about apologizing to my daughter. My daughter, you're just not even two years old. She she probably can't understand most of this. But when I'm a jerk to her, I'm going to say that I'm sorry to her because she needs to know that apologies, humility, and forgiveness are important parts of her lives. Our kids do not sit still. We have family prayer time most days. It's as a, an entire family. But most days, we have them here if they're up, and we are praying together in front of that prayer board. That's what I'm over there looking at. Mm -hmm. They don't understand prayer. They're just they're doing whatever they want to be doing. But it's because we want to instill these principles and make it a lasting thing for the generations down. And there's one last thing that we talked about in Legacy that that's important, and that's that note that I want them to grow and do more than what I'm doing. Now, this is a humility thing for me that I need to work on. Because as you mentioned, I like learning. Well, not in those exact words, but the point is, I love learning. You've talked about that. I've talked about that. Knowing stuff is something I enjoy, particularly knowing stuff about God and his word. I don't see myself stopping my education anytime soon, but I don't want to be the most educated one in my family line. Hmm. I want my kids and their kids to surpass me in knowledge. I want my kids and their kids to surpass me in the impact they're making with that knowledge. Because that knowledge is all well and good, but if you're not doing anything with it, it's just a dead weight. For us, we're doing the, the Growing in Faith Ministries. We want to help people grow in their faith, and that's why we called it that, and so we're doing that thing. For them, I don't care what it is. As long as they're honoring God, I want them to be able to make a bigger impact. Right. I want this to where I am the least in this line. Even if I'm the one who starts this tradition, I'd prefer to be the least in this tradition, that the impact is so much greater. Yes, yes, exactly. That, yeah, it's beautiful. Um, so it's about learning. It's about um, doing behaviors that are reflective of, that, you know, of what you kind of are establishing right now um, that are in line with the Bible. Um, and then that's going to create this ripple effect of Christians helping more Christians um, first find Christ and then um, go deeper in their walk with Christ to where they're actually living out like a genuine Christian. Um, discipling others, 
continuing to lay down their life, praying, reading the Bible, sharing his, his message. Uh, yeah, I love it. That's really beautiful and a noble uh, legacy. Um, how old are you, Tom? Uh, 28. Right. Yeah, that's cool. I, I think it takes a lot of people until they're a lot older than this to realize that what they're doing is impacting generations. Um, you're one of the youngest guests on the show and uh, you explain it very eloquently. Um, I'm really, really happy to, to have had you today and feel blessed to know you as a friend and brother in Christ. Thank you so much. Well, um, how can our community serve you? Um, what would you like to ask you know, of, of us? Well, um, if there's any Christians in the community praying for me, that'd be nice. Asking for God's hand over my life to guide my decisions because uh, you and I are both business minded and it's easy for that to over, overtake our, uh, our spiritual mindedness sometimes. It shouldn't, but it's easy for it to. And so having our motivation centered on what God wants us to be focused on would be very important. But also, um, if there's any ways that I can serve your audience, that's actually, I know you asked, how can your audience serve me? My intent is how can I serve them? So they can serve me by helping me to serve them. So if they have anything that they're interested in that I'm doing over here with uh, either teaching about following Jesus or the fake to faithful course or um, shoot, even if there's somebody who has spare time and would like to transcribe our uh, Bible teachings into blog posts to help serve people, really any interaction they want with the content that we're having because we're trying to serve people. That's the big thing. So them coming, checking out what we're doing and being a part of that. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you, Tom. It's been a pleasure to have you as a guest today. You, uh, you bring a really inspiring message that is of utmost importance. Um, and I'm really happy to, to know you and continue to, to get to know you week by week as we walk in our faith together um, do you have any final final thoughts or words to share before we sign off? Just that if you've listened to this long and you don't know Jesus and you are curious about Jesus, I recommend picking up a Bible, reading one of the Gospels. A lot of people would tell you maybe John, that's a good one to start, but I like Mark as well. So either way, and seriously considering uh, who he is and what he's about. I'd say that that's my final. Yes. Yep. Awesome. Well, thank you, Tom, for being on People of Purpose. Thanks for orchestrating this. And um, I'm excited for, for more to come. Thank you for having me. Here's to becoming People of Purpose. People of Purpose. <laughs> I was waiting for it. I was waiting for it. So what actionable step are you going to take next? Do you have a lingering question? Or is there something we can help you work through to figure out and reach your purpose? People of Purpose is here for you. Just send us an email or a message on Facebook. If you want continued inspiration, subscribe to the podcast and soak in the stories and words of our insightful guests. Do you have any friends that might enjoy this podcast? Bring them on board as a podcast subscriber. And if you want to actually see the guests behind the voices, as well as receive daily inspiration, 
follow the podcast and journey on Instagram at People of Purpose Podcast or at People of Purpose on Facebook to join our purpose-seeking community. By joining, you will know the minute each new episode is published, hear first about upcoming People of Purpose news, and receive regular tidbits of inspiration I'm purposely perusing, pursuing, and pondering. It's simply a regular dose of goodness, intentionally filtered by me to nourish your path to purpose. Lastly, if you like this podcast, please post a review wherever you listen to it. Doing so will not only help us to grow, but will also allow your voice to be heard, and who knows who you could inspire. Cheers, and here's to becoming. Hey!